I will say, this month is off to a better start for me in terms of movie watching than last year, at least. Okay. I've seen five movies as opposed to last year's none at this point. <laughs> I mean, I would say that's a good thing, just because there's more interesting stuff for the most part. I don't even think that was the problem. I think it was just a case of I'm getting out more, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Anyways, welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And it's a lighter week than last week, fortunately. Hmm. Lighter in terms of actual amount of content, not necessarily the content itself. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is just how bad other people suck. Wait, people sucking in the various entertainment industries? Oh, perish the thought. Right, I could hardly believe it myself, but we're going to start <laughs> with perhaps some of the kings of terrible people. Activision Blizzard. Oh boy, what did they screw up this time? <laughs> well, one of World of Warcraft Classic's lead developers has been terminated after protesting a stack ranking policy and refusing to participate. A stack ranking policy. Yeah, basically, the policy requires that a certain percentage of employees be given worse reviews. What? Yeah. That's... Got churlish. Can't even say, like, bad or stupid. That is just straight churlish. <laughs> it's awful. It is very awful. And it would affect employees' profit sharing and have a negative impact on their chance for promotion. Uh, and there's a quota for that. Yeah. Who comes up with this nonsense? <laughs> CEOs, probably. Hmm. According to the employee... Brian Birmingham, the policy is a directive that came from above Blizzard President Mike Ybarra and was implemented in 2020. Okay. There was significant pushback in 2021 that led Birmingham and others to believe the quota policy had been reversed, but it was not the case. Some managers at Blizzard reportedly tried to give themselves a developing rating in order to avoid having to give it to one of their team members, but <laughs> in Birmingham's case was not an option, so he refused to do it, and in an email, stated that it encourages competition between employees, sabotage of one another's work, a desire for people to find low-performing teams that they can be the best-performing worker on, and ultimately erodes trust and destroys creativity. All of those things are correct. Yes, all of those things are very accurate, because that's just basic human nature at that point. And he was terminated for it. <sighs> so... Meet the new Activision Blizzard, same as the old, I suppose. See, now, the part that I am genuinely struggling with is that usually when stupid decisions like that come up, it's because the higher-ups see it as, however, like, horrible it is for the people below them, it's typically a net positive for them in some way. I have an extremely hard time seeing how. <laughs> well, most likely a lot of raises and whatnot are merit-based. Hmm. So it's basically forcing somebody to disqualify somebody else for a raise, probably. Ugh. I feel like that's just one of those things where, obviously, like, doing on your way to deny raises, no matter what your method is, is super crappy, no matter what. But if that's what you've got to go with, and I think, then it's like, alright, you are, like, actually scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, there's no, there's no disguising, like, what's trying to be done at that point. <laughs> Straight evil, if I'm honest. Very much so. Just, blech. Every time I think to myself, you know what, maybe I'll fire my World of Warcraft back up. <laughs> Something like that happens. Mm. Boy, howdy. Yes. Uh, here we see Activision repeating many similar errors that literally led to their company's creation. <laughs> so that's that's funny, but it's mostly sad. Yeah. It would be funny if it weren't so sad. Yeah. As a wise, murderous robot once said. 
Computer? <laughs> Operating system. What is GLaDOS? Sentient operating system? Yeah, alright, we'll, we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. Are you ready for one of the most bizarre-sounding attempts at an interconnected franchise I've ever heard of? Oh, the Mattel Cinematic Universe is happening? <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> alright, then what is it? Amazon is putting together a Tomb Raider franchise. Really? Yes. Okay. They have teamed with DJ2 Entertainment for a rights deal to make a Tomb Raider feature film, a announced TV series from Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and at least one video game, all of which are supposed to be connected. These are all things that have already happened. <laughs> yeah, but now they're connected. <laughs> okay, like, I guess movie, well, we've already gotten one of those, TV show. I'm pretty sure there was at least an attempt at a Tomb Raider TV show. I don't think one ever got off the ground. Fair. But it's like those two things, like, okay, that's kind of stupid, but whatever. It's like, and the video game is like, that's the whole reason the series exists. <laughs> that's what it is. That is what it is. This, that is, is, the, a... <laughs> this is the thing, you stupid. <laughs> I think the even weirder part is trying to build out a big interconnected franchise. When, okay, I'm not the biggest Tomb Raider fan, I'll admit, but oh, aren't same. they all based around one character? Yes. And like so, her various shenanigans. Isn't that like trying to make a. I don't know, Superman universe where it's all just Superman? <laughs> don't you think people are going to get a little sick of that? Oh, God, that's... Now, that's scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's like, hey, you know, guys, you know this very, like, popular video game franchise that's been around since the 90s? It's like, yeah, we need to make a connected universe for it, but we've already... Including a video game. That's why it's... Here, it's a great idea. Okay. And imagine if the movie comes out, right? And then you make the game, and then something in the game is crucial to understanding the sequel to the movie. Oh, that's gross. If people complain about having to watch movies as homework for other movies, can you imagine the shit show of having to play a video game and beat the video game to understand what's going on? That would be an argument that I would completely be on their side for, to be fair. Right? Like I have time for that. Yeah. What a crazy idea. Mm. I mean, I guess I'll still watch it. <laughs> I need to play the, shoot, I need to play the old games first. <laughs> I might watch the movie, not play the game. Oh, fair. Maybe I'll play the game, I don't know. Mm. So does that mean they're gonna have whoever they get to play Lara Croft, is she gonna voice her in the game too? I should hope so. I would imagine so, yeah. Are they gonna have her like mocap or something? <laughs> something, something, they'll figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> this is weird. Very. This is really weird. So, this is news that's going to be dated as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. But, we are expected to get updates on James Gunn and Peter Safran's plans for the DC Universe tomorrow, which means January 31st. Tomorrow as of the time that we are recording this. Mm-hmm. Which means that by the time this episode goes up, this will be dated, and we'll already have an idea. <laughs> but I am curious to see what some of these things are. I wouldn't be surprised if most of it is big hero Justice League adjacent stuff, you know, the new plan for Superman, Wonder Woman, how they're going to handle the Batman. Mm. But I also wouldn't be surprised if there's some smaller stuff sprinkled in there as well. I mean, even though it would be ridicule-inducing and justifiably so, part of me hope is hoping that at least one of the things they mentioned is like, okay, guys, you know what? We looked over the whole, like, 10-year plan that we talked about, and we realized that was a really stupid idea. <laughs> oh, no, they're never going to do that. 
Oh no, I, I, I would, I don't expect him to. Shareholders need a concrete thing to build to, despite the fact that all it takes is one bad domino in the chain and the whole thing doesn't come collapsing down. Insert Batgirl. Insert, like, well, insert a lot of stuff. <laughs> Just stares at Batman v Superman. <laughs> Just stares at, yes. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm. Any number of X-Men movies. Well, hopefully whatever they come up with, or at least describe, if nothing else inspires confidence that these guys have a solid plan, especially with all the nuttiness that's still going on with Warner Brothers right now. Tell you what, though, I'd sell my soul for a Plastic Man movie. I'm sure you've talked about it before, but I don't know who that is. (laughs) He's basically like a living Looney Tunes character. That sounds terrifying. Oh yeah, no. (laughs) He's Batman's contingency plan for Martian Manhunter. Really? Yeah. That's 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 a scary thought. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much unkillable. The only things that can stop him are heat and being frozen, and even that will only keep him down for so long. I think he spent some thousands of odd years scattered into pieces at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, and he was mm. fine. <laughs> it's like, I'm just sitting here, chilling in the bottom of the ocean. Something like that. And my scattered body parts. <laughs> yeah, he was in, he was like dust pieces, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. I'm going to have to look for a citation on that. Unfortunately, DC is not as much my specialty as Marvel, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Right, right, right. I'll tell you what won't be part of the plan, though. Mm -hmm. The Titans and Doom Patrol series. Oh, are those coming to an end? Unfortunately, it has been confirmed that both are ending with their fourth seasons. Oh, hmm. I still need to catch up on Doom Patrol. Same. And I haven't watched any of the Titans. Me neither. No interest. Mm. I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but as soon as the first trailer set had Robin saying, fuck Batman, Mm -hmm. it's like, come on. That's just edgy. Although, on the same token, I I will say props to to Titans especially for lasting four seasons. Yeah, good job to both of them, because, you know, Titans look kind of low budget based on the trailer, and Doom Patrol is... weird. It's... It, it's sad. <laughs> it's weird and wacky and depressing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, both productions were made aware that these would be their final seasons, so they're going to have definitive endings and not cliffhangers, which is good. Good. Yeah, it's good that they weren't just kind of told last minute. People then proceeded to give James Gunn crap about it on Twitter, and he mentioned that the decision predates them. Mm. Which, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that that's. I, I feel like that's not the kind of thing that's just cooked up right away as soon as he took office or took over. Yeah, the first thing we're going to do, can Doom Patrol. I don't see that (laughs) happening. Yeah, no. My first act. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. (laughs) My second act. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Hmm. But sir, Zack Snyder shot him in the head. Did I stutter? (laughs) But he's been, he's dead, sure. He's been shot in the, interrupt me again, intern. See what happens. (laughs) Ah. We got Oscar nominations. Oh, do we care about that? (laughs) I mean, I think it's really interesting how I've seen a movie almost every week since March. Mm -hmm. And yet I've only seen two out of ten Best Picture nominations. Oh boy. Well, well, what are our options then in that regard? Uh, We got All Quiet on the Western Front. Haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Avatar The Way of Water. Refuse to see it. (laughs) The Banshees of Inisherin. Inisherin? I'm bad at pronunciation, haven't seen it. Yeah. Elvis, haven't seen it. Mm. Everything Everywhere All at Once, did see it, like it. Like it quite a lot. Definitely deserves to be on here. The Fablemans, didn't see it. 
Tar, didn't see it. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't lie. That makes me a little angry. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I mean, it's even biased. It's just in terms of overall package, yeah, I th- I feel like it deserves to be there in terms of like the full package. I'll get into it in a second, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, Triangle of Sadness, haven't seen it, and Women Talking, haven't seen it. So, Top mm. Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Nope should be on this list. Yes, very much so. I I don't think any Marvel movies really belong on the list this year, so I'm not mm. mad about that. What I'm mad at is Top Gun Maverick feels like it's the kind of thing where like, so many popular movies don't get on here because it's popular, and I feel like Top Gun Maverick got a nomination because A, it's an 80s throwback, with an actor who's been in the business a long time and champions practical effects, but also because it's a big-budget crowd-pleaser that doesn't have dinosaurs or superheroes in it. <laughs> so, like, I understand, but I disagree vehemently. Eh, yeah, I can I can see that argument, for sure. I still feel like, the in terms of overall like quality and whatnot, the movie's up there, but while I have also only seen, well, one of the nominations... That does, from what I've get, from what little I know about the all the other ones, seem like the one that's there on popularity more than anything else. Even though, still, do, I do think that it's a good movie that at least deserves being mentioned in that same category. Mm. If it wins it, though, I will say that's bullshit. Oh, it's, it's not winning. <laughs> yeah, it's no. never gonna win. <laughs> if Top Gun Maverick wins, I don't know. I yeah. want to come up with something ridiculous that I'll do, but. <laughs> I can't think of anything that suitably reflects my incredulity that wouldn't kill me. (laughs) I would probably, if anything, join you in being angry. Because it's like, that's like one of my favorite recent movies. And even I would be like, no, not even close, guys. (laughs) We also got, uh, for Best Director, our nominations are Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. I, I, son of a gun. (laughs) I hate how bad I am with names of things. We'll just call the movie Dave. Banshees. We'll call it Banshees. (laughs) Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Oslin for Triangle of Sadness. And I will confess, the Best Director category kind of confounds me a little bit, because I don't understand what makes Best Director. Yeah. If Best Movie is its own category. Yeah, that's... I feel like if you're going to nominate someone for Best Director, then the only people who can nominate for that category, who are not the directors themselves, are people who have been like involved in that process and seen that the director work, while still being completely objective by themselves. Yeah, I just don't understand what it's supposed to represent. Yeah. How are you supposed to quantify that? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way, this is all really hard to quantify, but Best Director in particular is one of those things where I, I don't get it. Yeah, same. For Best Lead Actor, our nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for Aftersun, and Bill Nye for Living. Best Lead Actress, we've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm. Best Supporting Actor, Brendan Gleeson for Banshees, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keegan for Banshees, and Kihui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Best Supporting Actress, we got 
Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Okay. Hong Chow for The Whale, Terry Condon for Banshees, and Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Hmm. And okay, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but this one pisses me off a little bit. So, apparently how the Academy works is they consider any sequel to a movie an adapted screenplay. What? So, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay purely because it's a sequel to Knives Out. Even though Knives Out would have been nominated for Original Movie. That's stupid. No, it's a movie. It's... It's it's a film in its own right. <laughs> like that's This is not what? an adaptation, it is a sequel. It is a sequel. It is a standalone film. What? I hate it. Yeah, that's stupid. Well, almost as stupid as the one guy coming back from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh boy. Got me there. Yeah, if you want to find that out, check out the unlimited video game store stream of Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory now on Twitch. <laughs> wink wink. <laughs> I do want to point out, uh, the Batman got a few nominations for Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, and Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with all of those nominations very I much so. I don't understand Best Sound, I'll admit. I mean, I might be biased just because the thing that pops out for me for Best Sound is the whole, like, sequence when the Batmobile is introduced. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. All but, I can think of is just <laughs> That is that was also my second thought. Okay, is it just for the constant use of the of the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to getting a nomination for Best Supporting Actress, Wakanda Forever also received nominations for Best Original Song, that being Lift Me Up, Best Visual Effects, Best Costume Design, and Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Yeah, I, I see it walking away with costume design. Well, it's also up against Babylon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And now I haven't seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, <laughs> Elvis, or Babylon, <laughs> but I feel like Everything Everywhere All at Once might be a contender. That's fair. Elvis might also be a contender just based on what I saw from the trailers. And I'm hoping, I honestly kind of want to catch up with most of the Best Picture nominations before the ceremony, just so I have an idea. Like, right. I don't especially care that much about the Oscars, I mostly just want to poke fun at how many movies I haven't seen, but Mm. I do want to see, like, okay, what made the cut? Hmm. And yeah, like I said, I don't think any Marvel movies deserve to be on here this year, because Multiverse of Madness was a fun mess, but a mess. Love and Thunder was ass, and Wakanda Forever deserves an award for still being a movie in the wake of everything that fucking happened leading up to it, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it the best movie in and of itself. And there's quite a few points where you can see the seams showing, which is not the fault of anybody involved. It's just an unavoidable consequence of putting it out in the time frame that they did. Right. So I guess we'll find out what happens there on all these in March? I think it's in March. Hmm. And then on the flip side, the equally awful but slightly less self-important side of the awards coin, the Razzies have come under fire a little bit. Oh, boy. Yeah, they nominated Ryan Kiara Armstrong for Worst Actress for her performance in Firestarter. I would like to point out, this actress is 12. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know that Hollywood can be cutthroat, but dude, it's a 12-year-old. <laughs> After coming under fire, they removed her from the nomination list and also introduced a rule saying that nobody can be nominated who is under 18 years old, which, that shouldn't need to be a rule. Yeah, that should just be from the get-go. Don't get me wrong, kids can be some pretty terrible actors, but 
generally speaking, they're fine, and you shouldn't make fun of them for it. I feel like I can forgive bad child acting versus bad adult acting because, well, they're freaking children. Yeah, adults have had all the time in the world to grow out of it, and also... Kids are suffering from bad direction, probably stage parents, and the entire- God, you remember what happened to the kid who played Anakin? Yeah, wasn't it a thing of, like, he basically got harassed about that role for, like, most of his life after that? Yeah. No. Mm. Poor kid. God. How utterly awful. Yeah. What kind of a dense numbnuts do you have to be to nominate a 12-year-old for worst actress? And then walk it back and be like, oh, actually, no, everyone has to be over the age of 18. It's like, that wasn't a thing from the start? It kind of... <laughs> Let's not make fun of kids wasn't a rule. God, it kind of reminds me, in a slight apropos, it kind of reminds me of, like, when the pandemic was first hitting and when businesses were starting to open back up, all the businesses running ads about, like, oh, we go through and sanitize every single surface in our building. And it's like, okay, I understand why you're doing that, and I understand the current times, but there's a part of my brain that can't help but go, you're making yeah. a big deal about this now? Was this not an established thing first? <laughs> My brain just goes, no, you're not. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you're giving it your best effort, probably. But no, you're not. Ugh, the fact that that has to be an established thing is, is a disappointment in and of itself. Come on, they put Bryce Dallas Howard on here for Jurassic Park Dominion. Hmm. What the hell? <laughs> I look forward to ignoring the Razzies. I'll at least pay a little bit of attention to the Oscars. Hell, I might even try to watch them live if I can, if only because I don't want to miss another potential Will Smith slap. But, not that that's going to happen again, since he's been banned for several years, but, something like it, you know? Yeah, some other, oh, I really, I kind of want it to happen, but I really hope that whoever's there has the common sense to not be like, hey, yeah, that Will Smith thing got a lot of attention, how can we top it? <laughs> Somebody's thinking it. Mm. Somebody's going over it with an intern, like, what do we, how, how do we facilitate something even bigger than the Will Smith slap? I don't think we should, shut up! <laughs> this is marketing. It's like this is this is bad marketing. It's marketing, damn it. Trailer time. Uh sure. <laughs> All right. We got a new trailer for Shazam: Fury of the Gods. I hate the song choice. <laughs> really? Yeah, granted I'm not a, a particularly big fan of Drake in general, but when started from the bottom like going it's like okay, I understand why they picked this song, but god do I hate this song now. <laughs> Beyond that, I feel like it kind of falls into the trap of telling too much about the movie in the trailer. A little bit. Yeah. Because now we know that the Daughters of Atlas can de-Shazamify people. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I don't know what it's supposed to represent. Maybe it's the magic getting corrupted, or maybe it's him losing the magic, but Billy's outfit's looking a little Black Adam-y. Oh, you know what? I thought it was just the lighting in the last portion. No, because parts of it are still red. Hmm. But I don't know hmm. what that's supposed to mean. So I guess they haven't given away everything. Does he ever go, like, full Black Adam in the comics that you know No, of? but Mary did. Hmm. Yeah, she lost her powers for some stupid reason and the wizard wouldn't give it back to her, so she went to Black Adam instead and he empowered her, but it turns out his powers are corrupting and then she became a villain for a while and I think she had a pink mohawk or something. <laughs> I don't know why... <laughs> That's so funny, but it's just like all this stuff about how she went nuts, became corrected by Black Adam's mohawk. It's like, oh, Black Adam's hair. It's like, oh, yeah, she also had a pink mohawk, just just, just to sprinkle that in there. <laughs> I think. Hold on. I have to look this up now. Mm. I really don't remember. Or was it something to do with... Oh, it might have been something to do with Dark Side instead. Mm. Oh, no, wait. It wasn't... 
it wasn't a pink mohawk, it was, it was, it was pink pigtails, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, alright, let's never see this again. <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> or should I not be? <laughs> I'll send you a picture, one sec. Okay. I'm gonna have to cut this section down, I think. <laughs> oh man, why did I start this? Either that or insert the picture into the video format. I might. I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's ugly. <laughs> yeah, it, it might have been Dark Side related or something. Mm. Oh, and Eclipso, I guess. Oh, okay. Back to the trailer. <laughs> yeah, back to the trailer. <laughs> yeah, this looks alright. This looks okay. I'm still not looking forward to it as much as I am the one of the few movies that doesn't have a trailer yet, which is Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It'll be good to see the whole Shazamily at it. Yeah. Can you believe that apparently there's no connection with this and Black Adam, even though the two came out right next to each other? Really? Apparently. Oh, that's... I mean, there was no sign of Black Adam anywhere in here. Fair enough. And since he said his time's at an end, that means he probably didn't shoot a cameo. <laughs> what kind of... What kind of stupid set building is that? Stupid. Ugh. That's the kind of set building it is. It's just stupid once. <laughs> well, at least he's out. Mm. We also got a new trailer for 65. Still kind of not feeling it, strangely. This movie confuses me so much! Yeah, I'm, I'm usually all in for anything that has Adam Driver in it, but this is not one of them. Why? Why is it prehistoric Earth? Yeah, that's the thing that I'm more curious about. It's like you've built a spaceship and you came across an uncharted island that was Earthed 65 million years ago. Are they actually humans and they somehow traveled back in time somehow? Or are they aliens and this is like an ancient aliens type thing? God, I hope this isn't an Adam and Eve story because Adam Driver is way too old for Ariana Greenblatt. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> is it just so you can have... Someone with lasers versus dinosaurs? You know what? That's actually the thing that disappoints me the most. That I am not that into a movie that more or less boils down to aliens versus dinosaurs. I mean, yes, the aliens in this case are humans, but I get the feeling that's the kind of the general gist that they're going for. So, so my brain goes, we should be a lot more into this than we are. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't understand. I should be much more excited to watch somebody laser blast a bunch of dinosaurs, but it's just... I'm too busy being confused. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a twist here, and I feel like they're keeping it from us. But I feel like whatever the twist is, is it going to be interesting? Or satisfying. No, not at all. Especially because it's Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, they make good movies, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Then we also got a trailer for the feature film adaptation of Stephen King's The Boogeyman. Yeah, when I watch this, the hell is going on? And it says, from the mind of Stephen King. Up oh, there it is. <laughs> That's why I don't understand it. Like, to a certain extent, I feel like it's really unfortunate that any time like, I'm seeing something and it's like, the fuck is this or what is going on? When Stephen King pops, I was like, oh, okay, we're back. We're good now. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, at this point, I don't know if it's a bad thing a good or a good thing. It's definitely a meme. <laughs> I think the most recent Stephen King thing I've seen was Pet Cemetery, The, ba mm -hmm. the, the bad new one, not the, not the good old one. Right. I love Dress Up the Rock. I'm definitely interested in this. I don't know if I necessarily want to see it, but I'm interested in it. 
I am more interested in this than 65, and I think I might actually be more interested than I am in Shazam 2. I don't know, it's cool to have, I mean, I know it's based on a older piece of work, but it's like, yeah, modern retelling of the, the fear of the boogeyman and all that, yeah, that sounds neat. Plus, touching on that parental fear of you dismiss your kids' worries, and then it turns out there was something to it after all. Yeah, I'm interested in this. That's that's about the most I can give it right now. I find it really weird how the thumbnail has a pretty horrifying image of the boogeyman, and as far as I could tell, that shot's not in the trailer. Hmm. That's weird to me. Yeah. Very strange. But I do like me some good horror. I like me some bad horror. So whichever one this is, I win. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> And now, this weekend's box office. Oh boy. I don't think it'll surprise anybody that Avatar Way of Water is still top number one domestically. How many weeks has it been now? I forget, like six? Hmm, okay. Six, seven, I don't, I don't know, I stopped keeping track. <laughs> Fair. It has taken in $15.9 million domestically this weekend for a $620.8 million domestic total and is now sitting at $2.117 billion worldwide. I think it is now the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. Clap, 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 clap. Applause, applause. I guess I'm going to have to watch both of them at some point before the third one comes out because now this isn't going anywhere, so okay. Mm -hmm. Second place, Puss in Boots The Last Wish. $10.4 million domestically for a $140.7 million domestic total and $335.7 million worldwide. Very good for that. I still want to check it out at some point. Mm -hmm. I just don't know when I'm going to find the time between all mm -hmm. the other things I want to catch up on. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. This one's a bit of a surprise. In third place, the Hindi action thriller Pathan hmm. took in $6.8 million domestically for an $8.5 million domestic total, because it dropped on a Wednesday, and is currently sitting at $66.5 million worldwide. Okay. That's also one that now I feel like I have to check out, especially because I don't watch enough movies that aren't made here. Mm-hmm. God, The Ancestral was a weird time. <laughs> that was two years ago now. If it helps at all, I've been made aware of a Hindi Bollywood NASCAR movie. Say that again? <laughs> I've been made aware of a Bollywood NASCAR movie that was made in 2007, I believe. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Oh my god. But, long story short, someone on the NASCAR subreddit gave, like, kind of a rundown of the movie. It's like, this sounds awful and I have to watch it. <laughs> let me know if you do, I might want to join. <laughs> I'll let you know if I ever get around to it. Fourth place, we got A Man Called Otto, which took in $6.6 .6 million domestically for a $45.9 million domestic total and $70.8 million worldwide. And hanging on in fifth place, Megan, at $6.2 million domestically for an $82.1 million domestic total and $146.4 million worldwide. They are swimming in that dough. Oh yeah, somebody is just delighted. <laughs> Can't wait for Megan 2 in 2025. Oh, boy. Do you think eventually we're going to get Megan versus Chucky? <laughs> oh, I actually, I want that now. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I don't know if I want it, but I feel like we're going to get it. It feels like putting a car in space or Jurassic movies eventually moving to humanoid dinosaurs as the bad guy. Inevitably, it's going to happen, right? I mean, the former happened with Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> Right, and it was terrible, but I mean, it was an inevitability, eventually. Yeah, unfortunately. So, this week, 
Only I saw a movie. Hmm. And it was a toss-up between Fear and Infinity Pool. And I thought to myself, you know, I like the last Brandon Cronenberg movie that I saw, which was Possessor. So let me go ahead and watch his other movie that's coming out, Infinity Pool. Alrighty. And I'll admit, I think Possessor was better. Hmm. This one was a lot tamer than I was expecting. Well, I imagine it still be ex- being extremely uncomfortable throughout. I don't know, it was uncomfortable, but it wasn't Possessor uncomfortable... Honestly, I don't even think I'd say it was man uncomfortable. Hmm. It communicated its point very well, and its point being that being rich gives you the freedom to be a total monster and escape most consequences, but for other people, it's not that easy. Right. And also that that freedom from consequences, in a legal sense, does not save you from the destruction of your soul. Right. I don't feel like any of that is spoilers. (laughs) I mean, so what's the rundown of the movie, at least? A guy suffering from writer's block and his wife go to a resort in some country where apparently you're supposed to stay on the resort because the rest of the place is kind of a shithole and run down and you'll get mugged or something. And he runs into a fan of his previous book who her and her husband convince him and his wife to go out on a drive outside of the resort with them. They get drunk, he's driving back to the resort, the lights give out, He ends up running someone over and killing them, gets arrested, turns out the punishment for killing somebody is execution, but this country has a thing where they can make an exact double of you that has all of your memories to stand in for you. Like, for your execution? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, things kind of spiral from there. (laughs) Yeah, sounds... That already sounds like a, oh, oh, we can make copies of people with all their memories and personality. Whatever could go wrong. <laughs> they they really don't go as batshit with the concept as I was expecting. It's honestly pretty mundane. Mm. And I mean, it's an uncomfortable movie to be sure. There's a lot of really weird imagery and they actually have a photosensitivity warning at the start of it. But, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I was just expecting a little more out of it. Hmm. There aren't an awful lot of big twists, at least not in my opinion. They don't do a lot with the cloning idea. Hmm. I don't know, it was just... It's uncomfortable, and it gets visceral and unpleasant at times, but never really in the way I was expecting. It kind of sounds like it's one of those deals where... The the general idea of the movie did have me at least interested. It's just one of those things where... Honestly, given what was shown in the trailers, from both a general comfort and moral standpoint i was like i don't think i'm gonna like this movie so in a weird way i'm kind of disappointed because it sounds like they just don't run with an idea that has a lot of potential as much as they possibly could have i guess i was expecting more of an exploration of the concept and not the concept as an exploration for the idea if that makes Mm. sense and i'll get into that more in spoilers but that's just the best way i can put it okay other than that i mean Alexander Skarsgård is kind of bland in it, but also I feel like maybe that's part of the point, so it's not really a fault. Hmm. After the first execution, he's walking around like a man who's already dead, so it's <laughs> fitting, but it's not the most engaging thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Mia Goff does a really good job as Gabby, the, the fan of his work. She is so good at just the most off putting uncomfortable performances. Hmm. I need to I need to go and watch Pearl now because I I loved her in X and now I need to now I need to see how Pearl went. <laughs> and other than that, I mean, it's fine. Would you say it's worth a watch? 
I'd say yes. This is where the delineation between a good film and a film that I like really comes in a sharp focus. Mm. Because I think this is a good movie, but I don't like it all that much. Okay. It's kind of the difference between, okay, the best example I can come up with last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once versus Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a better movie than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, hands down, not even a contest. But, nine times out of ten, if I'm going to sit down and watch something that I've already seen before, I'm going to pick Multiverse of Madness. Because Mm -hmm. it's just good shut-the-brain-off fun, it's a good Doctor Strange movie with good character work for him, and that's something that I think even the first Doctor Strange was kind of lacking. The magic (laughs) is crazy. But everything and everything everywhere all at once tends to go out there with its concepts (laughs) in pursuit of its central point. And while, yes, that is what you would want from a multiverse movie, it also means at some points it gets uncomfortable, at some points it hits a little harder, and it's not necessarily the thing I would want to watch the most. But, definitely a better movie. So in that same vein, I would say, this is a good movie, but I'm not much of a fan. Okay. And part of that's my own expectations, I think. It's, I can't, I was expecting something a little bit different with the concept that was presented, but on the flip side, I also think it's fair that if you're gonna present a wacky concept and use it to explore human nature, you should go wacky with the concept. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. I can't, unfortunately, I can't think of examples off the top of my head that fit that same description, even though I know I've seen movies like that, but I do understand where you're coming from there. So I guess I'm good to get into spoilers, and if you don't want to get spoiled on Infinity Pool, make sure to click away. But I'm going to let the spoilers fly in 3, 2, 1. So, after the first execution, where... Because not only does the double stand in, the double has all your memories and therefore feels all the same guilt, you have to be there for the execution. Why? You have to watch it. Okay. That's part of just how they do it. Because not only are you executed, the guy he ran over, his eldest son has the right to kill him or his double. So he kills the double. And the kid is Uh, 13. Oh. Yeah, this is a backwater fucking place. And it really begs the question, A, why does anybody come here? And B, why do they have this fucking technology? How do they have this technology? How are they a backwaters country if they have this technology? Presumably because nobody, they mentioned that nobody else has been able to replicate it, and I guess the place is probably corrupt enough that they're like, nah, we'll just keep it to ourselves and get rich, and we'll just keep the rest of the people down. Hmm. So that was weird. James, that's Alexander Skarsgård's character, he can't find his passport afterwards, so he ends up having to stick around. Mia Goff's character ends up talking him into joining her for a drink, and she's hanging out with a bunch of people who have also gone through this process, and they proceed to... Bring him in on, yeah, we're gonna go rob this guy because he's responsible for our first death, which wasn't <laughs> our fault. Okay. So they all get arrested again. They all get executed again. There's a whole fake-out bit where it looks like they're gonna have to face the consequences because the detective is tired of their shit only for it to turn out, nope, that was part of the performance, okay, bravo. Mm. And at that point, James's wife, who is the source of all of his money, ends up leaving because she's sick of dealing with this, and because she points out it's not what happened, it's the fact that you watched yourself die and you didn't respond at all, like a robot. What is that? Yeah, that's... 
it's hard for me to disagree with that because that's I feel like that's one of the signs of a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, the bigger twist, well, one of the bigger twists ends up being he didn't actually lose his passport. He was hiding it under the sink. What? Yeah. Okay, so he is a psychopath then. <laughs> yeah. And he ends up, back when we were led to believe that it's he doesn't have his passport, he's told by the people in his circle, oh, it's the detective holding it up. We're going to kidnap him, though, because he's getting some kind of medical procedure done. And you can beat the shit out of him. And the guy they kidnap has a bag over his head, and I'm just like, it's not the right guy. It's not the right guy. They're fucking with him. It's not the right guy. Turns out it's a double of him. Oh, so it's a double. beating up a double of himself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Literal self-harm. <laughs> metaphor. Uh, Visual like, metaphor. Oh, wait, was that like a purposeful metaphor in the movie? Oh, I assume so. Mm. It's a case of being so lost in the lack of consequences that you can't see what you're actually doing to yourself. Hmm. You are literally killing yourself, that being your own humanity, in the pursuit of what you think will bring you cathartic satisfaction. I will say, if nothing else, this movie's worth watching because it made me turn my brain on a little bit, which uh, I feel like I don't have to do with a lot of the movies I watch for this. Right. And honestly, mm. I was expecting something like a turnaround where somebody who they wronged would end up shooting them because ultimately they're only immune to the law, not to everybody else, but that doesn't end up happening. Turns mm. out, the entire circle of rich assholes was just fucking with him. <laughs> in the sense of, Mia Goff's character is not a fan of his book, actually never even read it, <laughs> and was just using him to fuck around and have fun. Mm. He tries to get out after beating himself up, but they end up shooting the bus that he's on, the shuttle that's supposed to take him to the airport, and they make him walk down the road while they drive a car behind him. He ends up running away, gets shot in the leg, they catch up with him, and they actually make him kill another double of his. This one has been reduced to just being basically like a dog. Oh, God. And at first he's like, no, I'm not going to do this, I'm not playing your game, and then the double starts attacking him, and instead of using the knife, which he tossed away, he ends up just beating this double of himself to death with his bare hands, caving in its skull. Oh, God. But you don't see a lot of it. Like, you see, it's kind of like, it's it's an out-of-focus pumpkin smash, essentially. Mm. But the movie ends with, they finally let him go, they're all on the shuttle to go back, all the rich assholes are just talking about what they're going to do when they get back, redecorating the house and all that. He ends up choosing not to go and ends up going back to the resort, which is now closed for the rainy season, just getting washed over by the rain, and that's where the movie ends. Jeez, that's that's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy, and I, I see it. I see the point. I understand, and I, I respect it. I just didn't really like it all that much, because you'd expect, like, I don't know, some kind of commentary on this double technology beyond just what it does to you. What does it mean for this place that has literally gained the ability to replicate life? I don't know. Not really the point. Hmm. I feel like I would get upset with the movie in that last little bit of, like, the other rich, actual psychopaths just, like, laughing off and like, oh, what are we going to do for dinner? It's like, you. I know this is the point the movie's making, but no conversation or anything about the acknowledgement of what you just did and what you just did to this guy. Meanwhile, homie's just over here just, like, I imagine just completely fucked out of his mind over everything that just happened to him. Oh yeah, catatonic, basically. Yeah. 
Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, they do a good job establishing that he's kind of a prick right from the start. Hmm. His wife wants to go try out a Chinese food place in town, and he just goes, why do they have a Chinese food place here? Like, what, what, what's that? And I'm just, I, <laughs> I actually wrote a note, locals can't want Chinese food. <laughs> and then he proceeds to immediately change his mind once he gets invited by Mia Goff's character after finding out she's a fan. So then I just went into, he's a big fat phony! <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so they do a good job making him an unsympathetic guy who you still kind of feel a little bad for being put to the ringer, but also, he's so dumb. <laughs> and he's so easily let in all this shit. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I didn't expect the fact that she hadn't read his book. I knew it was a setup of some kind, but in hindsight, it was very obvious because she never actually said anything about it. Mm. Oh, and also, uh, not only is his wife rich, her dad's a publisher. Is the dad his publisher? Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> and also hates him. Oh, shit. <laughs> Apparently. We never actually see him. Oh, God. It's just a formula of, of just vitriol, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's... It's kind of underwhelming mm. in terms of how well it uses this double idea. There's a lot of weird drug-fueled hallucination imagery... Some weird sex shit. It turns out all the all the weird scrunchy faces, those are just masks. Oh, okay. Yeah, no no weird mutations as a result of the doubling technology or anything, just masks. Okay, I was thinking it was just gonna be like a thing of like, yeah, this is this is the after effect of the technology, like people's skin gets fucked up. Nope. Hmm. The whatever fluid they use to make the double is gross. It looks like melted strawberry popsicle. <laughs> Now I kind of want a strawberry popsicle. <laughs> you know, same. Maybe I'll go to Sonic and get a limeade. But yeah, that's pretty much my review of Infinity Pool. It is a movie that, if anything, I wish was a little more out there. Hmm. But still good for the story it wants to tell and the message it wants to make. Okay. Next week, the triumphant question mark return of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Because we're watching Knock at the Cabin. Is that the only thing that's really, like, of, of note that this week? Yeah, basically. Uh, okay, and then, yeah, let's let's do Knock at the Cabin. Let me just double-check real quick to make sure. Oh, I guess this is also when 80 for Brady releases? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Inspired by the true story of four best friends and New England's Patriot fans who take a life-changing trip to the 2017 Super Bowl to see their hero Tom Brady play. Yeah, it's Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> uh, there's also a limited release of The Amazing Maurice. Okay. A streetwise cat who has the perfect money-making scam. So Ed, Ed, and Eddie the movie. I don't know. Hmm. Actually, I'm not even sure. I know I saw Showtime for that, but that might have been at Citrus Park. Oh, oh, yeah, no. One second. Oh, nope, it's also here. So we could, so we could watch an animated, an animated movie or Knock at the Cabin. And I'm kind of leaning Knock at the Cabin. I'm leaning towards Knock at the Cabin. Yeah. In any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter or Spotify or wherever, Facebook, wherever. I got a TikTok now. <laughs> Even posted a thing on there. I hate every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> you are a better person than me since you have made a TikTok. I refuse to make a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what I don't regret, though. 
doing this. This is mm. a good time. This is a very good time. We're glad I, that we have people listening to us. Yeah, it means a lot. Thanks, everybody. And I bid you all goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week.